0: Hello, everybody. Hello, my audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I missed you. Uh, last time I spoke to you one-to-one uh, was a month ago. Um, the previous show was, uh, I, th- I was interviewing, oh no, I was having a dialogue with Vladimir Angert. Uh, Before that, I had a guest, Dr. Bob Conley. Before that, I had a rerun, because um, I think it was a show on dreams that we were rerun. And in fact, it was a very interesting experience, because I saw so many people did listen to it. So it is a very interesting subject, so I'm encouraged by that. Uh, But to me, um, this kind of talks, I just realized that, where I talk, and, and I hope that you respond or you call in, there is a, some kind of special intimacy when there are no people that I'm interviewing. I, I love interviewing people, but I also love these talks. So before we start, I want to remind those who would like to, to write to me my, and don't have my email address, my address is drpeterreznik at gmail.com d-r-p-e-t-e-r r-e-z-n-i-k at gmail.com You can also always visit my website, drpeterresnik.com And if you want to call, and I really hope that you will today um, during the show, you can call at 888-874-4888 Again, 888-874-4888 Eight, eight. As usual, I want to tell you what we did last week, and what we'll be doing next week. Last week, um, Vladimir Engert and I were talking about uh, the subject that I started uh, talking about uh, already maybe a month and a half ago, and that is the Ten Commandments. And we covered uh, Fifth and Sixth commandment. And the next week, We'll probably finish the subject because I really want uh, to be finished with this particular subject. We'll cover the remaining four commandments. Um, I hope that you send me your feedback um, about about these talks because I'm still I'm not certain how you how much you are interested in the subject, yeah, but I will talk about it a little bit later why uh, the subject of the Bible uh, is brought up on this show, even though the show is called Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Today, I will do what I did uh, about a month ago, have an open floor. Anyone can call and ask a health-related question. Remember, my specialty is mind-body integrative therapy. Anyone can also call and share with the night dream. And I will gladly work with you on your night dream here on the air. And it will be useful for you. uh, And it will be useful and educational for our audience. Uh, I wonder if you ask again that question, why did I spend so much time speaking about the Bible? Uh, I want to tell you a little story how I came to uh, eventually, because you know I spoke about so many subjects like dreams and and stress and um, I shared with you this step by step program six pillars of well being which s- soon sooner or later will become a book. I'm finishing writing it. But I want to tell you a story how, how I decided to to start bringing up the Bible. Uh, But it's a story. I like telling stories. But I would rather have you call and me work with you or answer your questions, please. I will pause. This is the right time. Please call now and I will gladly work with you. I'm looking forward to your calls again. um, I'm hoping that this, this uh, show today will be spent more talking about what you want. The whole show is for you. That was the intention, not for me, uh, enjoying myself telling your stories or talking about the subject that I'm interested in. Uh, I have certain tools. And that's why it's Peter Resnick's toolbox. Uh, and my tools are not limitless. So sooner or later, I will run out talking about the tools. But what is not limited is um, the, the scope of what human beings are dealing with and challenged by. So uh, I think I already spoke about it once that somebody asked me, don't you, you know, you've been in practice for over 40 years, don't you get bored just listening to people's problems? I don't get bored. Uh, I would probably get bored if I would be focusing on issues and had templates, had like a recipe book, a person comes with this and I do all this particular thing, a person comes with that. I use that particular tool, but it's not how it doesn't work this way.
1: People Uh, people are different. Hello?
0: Do you have a caller? Carol from Brooklyn. Adam? Yes, please. Hello? Hello? Yes, hi. Dr. Peter? Carol? Yes. Oh, hi, Carol. How are you? Uh, is it Carol, who I spoke to once like a couple of months ago? Same one. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you called, Carol. I remember you because you so brought that, up such a wonderful one. I Dr. Could, I could call in every week, trust me. It's so uh, <laughs> Thank you for calling. Yes, I will be happy to talk to you now. You know, my stories can wait. <laughs> I have many stories. Please tell me uh, you have a comment or you have a question.
2: Um, so I was um, honoring your parents, right? Mm-hmm. How do you? I, do, I I. I did not honor my parents the way I should have while they were alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any way in silence honor them? No that they are not alive?
0: Carol, uh, I love Carol. (laughs) You are so wonderful, I have to tell you. Because, you know, when you called first time, that's why, you know, I remember you well. uh, Because you asked a very potent question about purpose of life. And now you're asking a question, and you know something? Uh, If you remember, since you're asking the the question based on, on this show that we just... Had uh, last week, and we spoke about Fifth Commandment, honoring your parents. Yeah. Uh, it means you you gave it some some thought, and you know, and you you know what we were discussing. In even though we spent good half an hour, if not more, talking about it, we did not cover what you are bringing bringing up. That's a wonder. That's why I'm so happy you you called and you're bringing it up. Yes. What what do you do if you feel you did not do what you feel enough when when they were alive. That's, that's such a good question. Let me try to answer, and I'm sure that uh, as I speak, some people may have other opinions, and they're welcome to call and, and, and make their comments. I will tell you, Carol, you are who you are at any given moment. Which means, if God forbid 20 years ago, you did something, like committed a crime, you acted appropriately. That is, you acted appropriately, accordingly to who you were then. Feeling guilty about what you did will not change anything about what you did. Let's say you hurt somebody's feelings, uh, and you feel terrible about it. Or, in fact, you know, I I saw a a long time ago a gentleman who felt terribly guilty. In fact, he became a very famous um, musician. Uh, But he felt terribly guilty about stealing his first um, electronic piano, because he didn't have money and he worked in a store, which at that time, I don't know if you know, there was this store called Wiz. Uh, I don't think it exists anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. He he worked in what was called Crazy Eddie. Yeah, Crazy Eddie. His prices are insane. Do you know this store? Oh, no, Eddie, you're yes. too young, yes. probably. But in that city, there was this Crazy Eddie. And he mm-hmm. stole this first... Um, uh, piano. And he said that he felt guilty. In fact, he would any, uh, anytime he would enter any store, he would feel anxious and guilty because it reminded him uh, and he basically is a very when I knew him, very moral person. It reminded him of stealing. And in fact, he couldn't enjoy periodically. He would have waves of sadness because uh, it wasn't only one thing that he stole. And he felt now he had a lot of money. And all I told him is what I'm telling you. You were who you were, and you couldn't become who you are now without going through that experience. Which means the impulse of stealing, or in your case, maybe let's say you were disrespectful at times. This impulse of being disrespectful is part of you. Without manifesting it, you cannot change anything. So for him, him, I suggested that he uh, anonymously, of course, uh, sends a check to the company. Uh, And when I, I believe when I told him this, uh, the store didn't exist. And then I suggested that he takes the money, that the amount of money that the piano would cost at the moment he was telling me, which was like two decades later. Which means, if, if he stole the piano for fifteen hundred dollars, then it was maybe five thousand or six thousand, which he, he was making a lot of money. And I suggested then he would give the money to charity, and that was his correction. Uh, in, in your situation, honoring your parents is, for example, making this call. And I, you know, I'm a religious man. I, I and. Uh, But I came to religion, not through religion, but through studying science, through studying physics, uh, and uh, reading accounts on near-death experiences um, written by um, physicians. So I firmly believe that consciousness continues. That is, I firmly believe, Carol, that your parents right now are here with us. They're so happy probably that you are bringing up that your regret, if indeed, you were disrespectful with them. So that that's, uh, please speak. uh, That is my answer. But maybe it's not full. uh, um, But that's what I couldn't say. You if you want, you can also that you already apologized. you already did it, you just did it in front of 1000s of people. So you apologized for being maybe disrespectful or not honoring them in the way you wanted. That's your correction. That's all you can do. And the fact that you grew, grew up to be a good human being, that's a testimony to the fact that they did something right. Maybe they did not teach you how to be respectful to them, but they taught you how to be a good human being for sure. Does it answer your question, Carol?
2: Yes, and 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 they're hearing, they're hearing,
0: they're. Yes, yeah. I, Bill Carroll, I believe in all my heart. You know, I talk to my parents all the time. You know, and they died <laughs> decades ago. So okay. uh, I, I am happy you called. You know, because if you if you brought it up, it means somewhere inside you you carried it for a long time, and it's and it's kind of I believe it's a big waste. It's, it's not the waste that you mentioned it, but to feel guilt, that's waste. You know, my teacher of blessed memory, Colette, used to say, emotional foundation of all physical illnesses is guilt. Yes. But guilt literally means debt, G-E-B-T. So it's better to pay the debt than to carry the debt, the burden of the debt unpaid. And that's exactly what you did today on this show, you know, uh, on on November 9th, 2021, at 2.10, you called, and you paid the debt, that you, you acknowledge that you did something. I don't know what you did and to what degree you were disrespectful. You know, for example, I also believe there were times I was not honoring and, and disrespectful for my parents, but no, we all make mistakes and we make corrections. But I hope you didn't carry too much of this guilt, and if you did, now... Uh now you're free, you're debt free. You acknowledged it and you honored your parents by calling. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. I'm so I'm happy. Thank you you you, Peter. I feel like I'll reattach the next day? Thank you. Good. Thank you. Oh I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carol. God bless you. <laughs> okay. Uh do we have a next caller? No, no more callers. No, thank you. So uh, then I will go back again. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody who wants to call, this is the day, this is the time. I will be happy to talk to you, to give you some exercises. Remember, there were many subjects that I did speak about, and you can look them up on, um, like, let's say, on stress, on anxiety. Uh, on guilt. You can look it up on our archives at PRN. But there are many subjects I didn't speak about, and I, I will, but if you have questions about memory, concentration, how to take exams, all this, uh, or whatever issues, you know, um, what comes to me. I want you to know the range of pe- of problems I'm working with. Uh, Um, For example, a long time ago, I worked with a man who had pancreatic cancer. And, you know, it's a very uh, serious problem. Most of the time, people diagnosed with pancreatic cancer die within six months after diagnosis. Uh, Some people say even sooner. And I worked with this man. uh, And... You know, from mind-body perspective, remember, uh, pancreas is uh, dealing with enzymes and sugar uh, metabolism. And from mind-body perspective, a problem with pancreas is about bitterness. And this man was not really a person who studied anything about mind-body when, in fact, when Dr. Shakhtar recommended that you come to see me, he said, uh, I don't know what, what I'm here for. I just honored what Dr. Shakhtar said to see you one time. Uh, what can you do? I don't need a psychologist. And I s- explained to him that uh, pancreatic problems are about bitterness. And he looked at me and said, listen, I have been bitter all my life and made life of people around me bitter. And so we had the whole talk about the meaning of our organs. And to make a long story short, you know, this man did not speak with his children. His wife was very devoted to him. Uh, and, but he told me how unkind he was all his life to her. And even now when she's, he's so sick and she's so, so caring, he's still making her life bitter and and he's never satisfied with anything. And I said, but that's, that's the opportunity, um, opportunity to make a correction. And I worked with him approximately, he would come, you know, once in a couple of weeks. I worked with him for six months. And six months later, he was alive. Uh, Sadly, you know, he did die a year later, which means he lived for one year and a half, but he died from a heart attack. Uh, He he was in remission from pancreatic cancer, um, but but he died from a heart attack, which means it was was his time to go one way or another. But I want to tell you, after six months, he stopped seeing me, and he sent me a letter, and he wrote to me, "Thank you for saving my life." And it's very touching for me to think about it and to remember, because I totally understand what he meant, and that is um, I did not send his life la- um, save his life. He saved his life. He made corrections. he reached out to his children, he became nicer um, with his wife. And so she you know, when when she when he died, she probably had good memories because she was such a devoted wife, and, and endured so much from him. And yet he was able to make this correction at the end of his life. So I just want you to have an idea. So this uh, my clients range from this kind of a person with pancreatic cancer. Or let me give you another example. Uh, why, I, I'm giving you all these examples and telling you stories just because I'm waiting, ladies and gentlemen. I am waiting for your calls. I am happy Carol called. Carol is a courageous woman in, in a span of nine months. This is her second call, I believe. Um so but you are absolutely welcome to call and i know i get your emails so i know a lot of people are listening um, but i don't know why more people are not calling so you're absolutely welcome to call i want to tell you another story i, I worked with a woman who had uh, severe headaches and she was taking on medication still it wasn't working uh, and uh, I asked her uh, to imagine going inside of her headache, you know, you know, by now, uh, I use a lot of imagery, uh, imagery, not not as positive visualization, imagining good things, but as an exploratory technique. And so I ask her to close her eyes. And identify where the headache was. And she said, it's in the in the front, uh, where the forehead is. And I said, imagine in any way it comes to you um, going inside of the headache. And first, usually people who are not accustomed to doing imagery, say, I see nothing, I see black, nothing, darkness. I say, that's fine, you know, stay in this darkness. uh, be aware of what's going on around you. And she says, nothing is going on, just it's dark. I said, well, put special goggles, special uh, glasses that allow you to see. It's just a little tool to stimulate imagination. And she says, that's funny because I'm in my kitchen. I say, okay, you tell, describe your kitchen. And she says, well, uh, but the, the um, refrigerator is open. I say, okay, do you want to leave it open, or you want to close it? And uh, she says, yeah, I will close it. And so she wanders around the kitchen a little bit, and then she, uh, there is nothing, you know, I don't know what else to do, so I say, open your eyes. And then I, I say to her, by the way, why? Um, tell me, why is the why, why do you think the... The refrigerator was open. and she said, "Oh, I don't know, but sometimes my mother-in- law probably, that's why it came to me because my mother-in-law sometimes forgets to close it. And because remember when I asked her about her headaches, she uh, you know when i when when I begin to explore in the initial interview, I asked details about a person's life. Uh, you know, a person is married or not she has children and so on and she told me everything is good and she, you know, belonged to a culture where honoring your parents is super, super important. So and she said, "Oh, I am so blessed. My beautiful family, and you know, I live in a two-story building. My grand, my my parents-in-law live on the first floor. We live in the second. They are wonderful, and so on. And so, on. so if she says to me, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not a, uh, an investigator. Um, um, which if she says everything is fine, this is it. I, I move on. So, but here suddenly she says, you know, oh, my mother-in-law forgets to oh." close the refrigerator. So I say, uh, how, you know, she has her own refrigerator. Why does she leave the refrigerator open? And she said, Oh, but you know, sometimes she checks. Uh, In fact, every day she comes and checks what's in the refrigerator, what I cook. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, it started unwinding, you know, I had to pull it, pull it out of her. But she cringes even when she thinks that her mother-in-law will come because her mother is like a police that comes, investigates everything she cooks, everything she prepares for the children, what goes in the refrigerator, how many days it stayed in the refrigerator, and so on. And the, the reality after, after we had this discussion, she shared me of how, and like she was, would look over her shoulder as if her husband was uh, watching you know uh, listening to our conversation but she came for the session by herself uh and she told me how she was dreading being around her mother anymore so and these headaches was were consequences was tension headaches and it took a while actually for me to convince her to have a conversation with her husband um because you know her husband is his mother so she would um, you know, she is the most important person in her husband's life—not the wife, but, but the mother. So, but nevertheless, she got the courage together and she spoke to her um, to her husband. Her headaches did disappear. I just want you to appreciate how how the our body is connected with how we feel. Um, it, no, no callers so far. So I want to tell you now the little story, but again, anytime you call, I will interrupt the story. I can continue at any time. I want to tell you a story of how I got to do this show. And I know I told you uh, this, I think, in the first, first show on December 1st. I told you the truth, but not the complete story. The truth was that, you know, Gary Null called me a couple of weeks before the show, the first day, and said, "Listen, I want you to do this show." And you know, I realized that even though the show is once a week, you have to read up on things, prepare yourself, and and I kind of have a busy life and wasn't prepared to, to to dedicate time to doing the show. And then I checked out, that's that's part of the story I told you. Then I, I went on PRA and archives, and I discovered that Dr. Peter Bragan is there. Uh, that You know, I respect so much, and whose work I followed for 30 years, an incredible psychiatrist. In fact, yesterday I spoke to him on the phone. He's a beautiful human being. Um, I highly recommend, if you don't know who he is, uh, which I'm, I would be surprised, but he has a show, Dr. Peter Bregan Hour, on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. So, And then I saw Michio Kaku, theoretical physicist, um, uh, has a show called Explorations. So I said to you, and I called and I said, I am in, because I didn't tell you the whole story. Let me (laughs) now come clean. And I tell you the rest of the story. Uh, When I saw Michio Kaku and Dr. Bregan being there and Gary Null, of course, I was encouraged, but I did not call right away to say yes. I still didn't I, I had a very busy uh, December uh, on the November, so I still had a doubt, uh, particularly, I never done a radio show you you hear me now, you know I'm not a professional broadcaster or whatever it's called, uh, or radio show man, you know I'm not I, I don't know how to do a radio show, maybe that's why you people are not calling uh, so I <laughs> and i every morning i go uh, six days a week i go to pray it's like 10 to 20 people pray together and there is a rabbi in the synagogue so and i he's a nice nice man he's 20 years younger than me but very, very bright and i said to him listen here is the situation what do you think they will offer me do this radio show. And for some reason, I'm in doubt, should I do it? I shouldn't do it. And he said, Oh, no, 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 no. This is very important. Why don't we go and ask a rabbi? So now, now I tell you, I want to tell you who that's the beginning of the story. I want to tell you who he meant, who the rabbi is. And those of you who are not Jewish probably don't know about this person. And it's When somebody says Rebbe, they mean Rabbi Menachem Schneerson or the Bavitchi Rebbe who lived uh, till 20 years ago, I think he died approximately 20 years ago. Uh, And he was an incredible man. Uh, He was born somewhere in in Ukraine, not too far actually Nikolai, not too far from where I was born, then lived in France. In fact, he went to Sorbonne. Uh, he was an engineer. In fact, he invented something for submarines, which is still, which is still being used. And he became a very, very known rabbi, very known teacher. Uh, inspired, wrote many books. Inspired thousands and thousands of people. So he's uh, he lived in Brooklyn. And I want to tell you, people, prime ministers from different countries came to see him for consultation. So he was really considered one of the most brilliant, brilliant people uh, in 20th century. So, but, uh, so, and he has, uh, in Queens, uh, we have his grave. And there is a constant flow of people going to his grave. And, you know, people uh, begin to relate in some special ways when when they go to, to the grave of what we call tzaddik, of a righteous man. But there is something else about this righteous man. in his lifetime, he received thousands upon thousands of letters from people. And when the rabbi died, it was a huge event. You know, so people, so many people grieved for him. And uh, I don't know who initiated it. But they decided, and many, many books were written about him. They decided to collect all his letters because his letters were, full of wisdom practical advice sometimes advice was connected with the bible sometimes just just practical advice but people would write you know rabbi you know i i i'm not happy in my marriage put this and this and he would quote the bible and say you do this and this or somebody would write You know, I have an illness. I don't know what to do, and he would write about the illness, or would connect him with the the person with the doctor, or somebody would say, "I'm in doubt. I I want to move, or I want to buy a house." Like you know, thousands of letters, and uh, at one point, or I don't know, on radio shows, on television shows, on, on the Jewish media, somebody asked to send in all the letters that people. Uh, received from the Rabbi, And because they would make a a book. Uh, Apparently, I read up about it because I wanted to share with you this one day, Uh, there were 23 books uh, collected of his letters, I'm talking about 1000s, because the man lived many years over the age, Uh, he died after uh, I think he was 92 years old. So, and And it became known as what is called Igrot Kodesh. Igrot means letters. Kodesh is holy. So holy letters. Now, I don't know how many of you know about uh, the book of I Ching, the the book, the Chinese book. And it's used, it's being used for divination, you know. Uh, I, I already... I don't know for sure how it's done, but people believe that, again, uh, uh, that nothing happens by chance. And when you choose uh, seemingly randomly certain uh, numbers, uh, certain hexagrams, it tells answers your question. And this Igrota Kodesh became something like that. I hope I'm not offensive to the memory of the Rabbi. It became something like that um, for Jewish people. In, and not, not only for Jewish people, but people who know about these letters. And that is, they started, since nothing happens by chance, they started using these letters as uh, something to receive an answer from. And that is, like I t- mentioned, the rabbi, my rabbi said, why don't we go to the grave of the rabbi? So, we go to the grave and he says to me, write down your question. And I write a question, should they should they do this show, a radio show? That, you know should I do something I really don't know how to do it, what it is, how much time it will take. Um, and then he said, "Throw this, there is a special place where you throw this paper in. And then he said, "We go to the there are books of these letters. And he says, "Choose, I've never seen those books." He says, "Choose any book." and I pull out a book. And now he says, open the book on any page. And I open the book on some page. And we look. And guess what is written? Somebody probably wrote, uh, I, I didn't read even what the other person wrote, I just read, we just read what Rebbe was answering. And it was as I say, on the shelf, I chose randomly one of the books with his letters. And then randomly, I chose the page, and the page was saying, My dear friend, you have a wonderful opportunity to talk to thousands of people. Don't miss the opportunity. Take it and speak about God. It's written Hashem, and that's one one of the names of God. So it was an, an incredible answer to my question, you know. So, and since I started this show, I was being thinking, okay, yes, the show is, that's what I wanted to be. You know, I'm not a rabbi. I, you know, I don't know 1% of 1% of what a rabbi knows. Uh, My knowledge is limited, my thinking is limited about the Bible. Uh, But nevertheless, the message was like this. So I said, to myself, I will be talking on this show of what, on what, uh, about what I know, the tools, how to become well. And since I am a person who does read the Bible, I will refer sometimes to the Bible. And, and then only just recently, uh, my nephew Vladimir Engert and I had this idea, why don't we speak about the commandments? Because, and I already quoted several times to you, that uh, it's written in uh, in uh, Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26. If you heed my commandments and obey my statutes and do what is right in my eyes, I will not send upon you the diseases that I send upon the Egyptians, for I am your God, your healer. So we are taught in the Bible that God also heals us, but also God sends diseases. I don't think that that's how it happens. That God is like looking with a little magnifying glass and goes, oops, got you, baby, boom, you're getting sick. No, I think it works in a very different way. But nevertheless, when when we make serious errors, the only way for us, uh, no, there are actually different ways for us, call it subconscious mind or our higher self, is to attract our attention. And the number one is not the disease. We have a, a preliminary, or how do you call it, a test term. Um, we get night dreams, and night, the night dreams often tell us that something is not right. And if we don't hit the night dreams, then there are like little symptoms. And then in, if we don't hit those little symptoms, then there is a more serious illness. And sometimes, no, there is sometimes suddenly an illness. And even that is not a full answer, because we know there are super righteous and beautiful people, and they still get very sick and still die. So it doesn't mean that they're sinners and they violated commandments, no. And anything we, there is an X factor, X factor I call it, the unknown. Sometimes it's not only that a person is making big mistakes in life who violates commandments sometimes and illness is a, 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 a step stepladder. it's a letter of of mastery of spiritual mastery for a person somehow people grow when they become ill and it, it may be that's that's already a result of kind of my intellectual inquiry and reading books trying to understand why people get ill. So majority of the time, it's it's our own making our guilt, remorse, depression, and this being studied very thoroughly by many universities that uh, people who have this negative feelings become more prone to physical illnesses. Uh, but sometimes, as I said, uh, it can be a soul's sacrifice, uh, soul's choice to become ill, to teach lessons to the other person, uh, to somebody they care about, or to learn lessons from their own. So I cannot say that uh, if you follow the commandments, okay, 100% you you're guaranteed that you will be healthy. No, no, hopefully, you know you want to do the right thing and you do it and then you pray and uh, hopefully you have good results but anything can happen and does uh any callers no no callers so far okay uh there but that's that's my answer ladies and gentlemen Uh, after i got this encouraging um uh, read the, this letter, you know, that you, you have to take the opportunity. I took that opportunity. And soon today is November 9th. Next, next month, will be one year since I've been doing this show. So I, I have fun doing it. I enjoy talking and sharing with you. The only thing I feel is missing is that I don't get enough calls. And I have no idea uh, of how to engage you because I know a lot of people listening and once in a while people call but not more often uh, and I will appreciate any of your advice because I I don't know how to um, how to engage you successfully um, unless I promise cookies yeah <laughs> anyway I um, since nobody is calling, then I will continue talking. Uh, I can pick up off on on six the six pillars of well-being. Uh, we covered a lot, if you remember now, and if if you are interested, you have if you have been practicing what I gave you. I think it's being now. Uh, excuse me. Let me have a sip of my ginger tea. I think it's been now more than six months since I introduced you, to you, this program. Uh, and it's been uh, quite an interesting journey for me, actually, writing it. Originally, I started writing it as a book. Then I decided, and I gathered material enough material, so I decided to, to make it as a as a video um, program. And I produced it and it is available on on my website. Uh, But I I want to publish it as a book, you know, to to make it a a book, you kind of need to spice it with more stories, and you need to actually take time and, and pull it together. So I'm in the process of doing it. But uh, little by little, I have been uh, sharing with you all the six pillars we covered. The first pillar, which was physical reality and all the aspects of our life in physical reality. And then we spoke about our feelings and self talk, then uh, social conditioning, then our subconscious beliefs. And in fact, if you're hearing about it for the first time. You Dr. Can... Resnick, we have a call from Lee. Yeah, oh, I'm very happy to take the call from Lee. Yes, Good Lee. Good afternoon,
2: Dr. Resnick.
0: Yes, hi, Lee. Thanks for hi. calling. Welcome.
2: I am, well, I've been really busy, you know. It's been a very hectic year. But I want to let you know that I heard your show from the very first show, oh. and that I've only been able to hear your show now and then, but I'm hoping that things reach a crescendo by the end of this year or early next year, which will free me up to go back and listen from day one, because the information that you've shared is ever so valuable, ever so valuable. It's okay. You know, you had classes. I wish I could have, you know, followed up with that, but it was not possible, But I'm going to go back from day one, and I will pick up on everything. But I really want you to know how much you appreciate it. You really appreciate it.
0: Lee, you made my day. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, know, I'm this
2: guy. The first day day that you were on, you know, you were new, and um, I think you handled yourself very well. You know, you want to get an idea as to you know things that the people were interested in from day one. You know, yeah. and I recall that
1: vividly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Lee, so much. You know, <laughs> I am I am very confident because I've been in practice uh, for so many years, over four decades. I'm very confident as a as a therapist, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. But I'm I feel like I'm an insecure. Radio show host, because I always question. I don't see my, you know, in in cl- in the classroom. I'm so used to people's ex- facial expressions, their feedback, they ask questions. But here I talk into the air. I don't know if anybody is listening. I like I know they tell me at the at the studio. In fact, they can tell me how many people listen on a cell phone. It's magical, and how many people uh, listen listen um, on a computer. But but mm-hmm. I don't see the people and I'm thinking, what are they thinking about? Why aren't they calling? <laughs> <laughs> so it's so so nicely to hear from you. Thank you very much. Do you have any question? Any anything? No.
2: Um, you know, not at the moment.
0: Yeah. But I, I
2: heard you say something just now about not feeling confident, et cetera, et cetera. And I would say to you, perish the thought. (laughs)
0: Lee, I perish the thought. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you you very much for You deserve
2: that much and so much more. You'd be surprised how many people are being helped. You know, just by listening to you, just by listening to you and many are putting into practice, that would you have shared.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I hope they do. I hope they do. Thank you very much, Lee. You have a wonderful welcome. day.
2: Welcome. Thanks, you too.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. We have another caller, Daryl. Daryl, yes. Daryl? Dr.
1: Resnick, thank you so much for taking my call. Daryl McPherson, Bronx, New York. How are you
0: today? I am very well. I just got a wonderful call from Lee. I am fantastic. And now you're calling me. If you,
1: if you like, there's also a technical fix. You could either do um, you could either do zoom or I think Facebook will allow you to do it also so that if you need a little bit of um, feedback from the audience visually um, that's possible you can talk to Rodney about the details on that what I was mm. calling about yes what I was calling about is my um, unwillingness to help myself even though I have Tons of people who really love me, and and uh, I have tools and and things, but I don't want to do the work. And so I was listening to you and your nephew Vlad, Vladimir. Yes, yes. Probably, um, guess it was from last week. Mm-hmm. And this may be the same; it may be different. But I noticed that when you're all going over the Ten Commandments, the emphasis, uh, I mean, and I, let me do it this way. I understand that gratitude is really important. And I understand that parents have limitations because um, everything is situational and they were less exposed to things and tools that now are more exposed and hopefully will be even more exposed. Challenge I was having with the discussion is I was getting distracted by the um, godless governments that you were um, exposed to in your youth and later. And the challenge I have with that is, is that I'm an African-American male, mm-hmm. born in the United States of America, and almost everything I was told about this country failed to apply to me
0: to this day.
1: And About so, which
0: country, Daryl? About which country? About the, the United States? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, I can appreciate the oppression that you experience. I, I differ with. <clears throat> I differ with the um, the reasoning given. I think that it's the fear of the, of the people to take control of the economic system that in both cases is the major challenge. In the context, I'm going to share with you something. There's a website called Forbes Real-Time Billionaires. Mm -hmm. Would you like to take a guess at the net worth of the top two people on Forbes Real-Time Billionaires today? Just take a figure out of your head.
0: Probably $300 billion. That's one. That's just one people
1: a half a trillion dollars.
0: Wow, wow, wow.
1: Now I say that in the context of last night on, um, I think it was PBS News Hour. They had on the head of the World Health Program. Forgive me for for failing to remember his name. He stated that the the wealth of the world is four hundred and seventy three children dollars, and it was in the context of children starving in Afghanistan. So. Money is off the table, or I should say, wealth is off the table. Our whole concept of what's going on here would be radically changed if people listened to you and other people who are sharing the, the spiritual truths and then reframed it. Two people, a half a trillion dollars, and the United States Congress is complaining about. Three three
0: hundred and fifty billion dollars. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl, I would like to say something don't mind okay? Yes, what I noticed, and i I would like I appreciate you calling, and I want you to when you hang up to have something valuable. I hope I can offer it to you. Uh, and I will give you my feedback as I was listening to you, and I may may not be right. You started by stating something like that you you are not doing well enough for yourself. And then you went into talking about different injustices and uh, trillions of billions of dollars that other people have. And my concern is if that is the pattern, how you think, for example, that you want some to do something for you, for yourself, and then you become resentful, of injustices, which are horrific, horrific injustices in the world, in America, believe me, I read things, I read a book called uh, Confessions of the Economic Hitman of what Americans do to to other countries. I totally agree. I am worried about something else right now. I am concerned about Daryl, because he's the one who is calling. So, and if he spends a lot of time thinking about injustices, then all that energy is taken away by frustration, resentment, anger, and there is no energy to make an effort on behalf of Daryl. So since you're an African American, I want to mention uh, uh, one of my favorite people, uh, uh, Ben Carson who is an oh. incredible man, who is a genius surgeon and, and philanthropist. Before he ran for president, uh, he he and his wife, I think for 12, before he ever considered to become a politician, his wife and him uh, had a charity. They were helping children, if I remember, with their school. So, and the wonderful thing about this guy is that he's telling his life story, how... How his mother taught him uh, to do hard work, to make an effort, telling him that there is nothing that you would not achieve if you pull yourself together and make an effort. There is a lot of injustice, a lot of injustice, horrific injustice. I, because I came from the Soviet Union, I have like a sharp eye to see. I, I notice all the garbage. I notice it very quickly. I notice hypocrisy. I notice when when there is when there is manipulation, but I spend I notice it and then I ask myself, what is there anything I can do, and I do or I don't do. But then I focus on my work. That's the important thing. Since you brought this up, I want to say, Daryl. Okay, here is what you do. You write on you take a clean sheet of paper and you write your aspirations, you write the list of things that you want to accomplish in your life. Then you write how long it would take you to to get to that point. Approximately because you don't know, then the tools that you that you need to get to that point. Uh, Sometimes it's education, sometimes it's money, Sometimes it's support and so on. And then what shape you are in? These are the prerequisites. That is how equipped, how prepared you are. and and then you if you answer and something is missing, then you ask again the question, how do I get what I uh, what is missing? So what I'm offering you is to do step-by-step inventory. Of how you can get prepared to accomplish what you want uh, and to be good to Daryl. Otherwise, it, it's only talk about good issues, about fair, about injustice. But it cannot be th- just that because it will take you just in anger and depression and not allow you to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Does it make sense what, what I'm saying, Daryl?
1: If that was the challenge, yes.
0: I wanted to to give that to you. And Daryl, I want—I appreciate you making this call. I appreciate you giving good suggestions uh, when you when you just called. You are absolutely welcome. Uh, In two weeks, I will be uh, having again this open floor. You are welcome to call, but by then, two weeks from now, write your list. And then we'll work on it. I will teach you mental techniques to go a little further and to accomplish it through your mind to to make yet another step to get closer to what you want. And if you say, I don't know what you want, what I want, then that's a goal by itself, to find out. You understand? Thank you very yes, much I for do. calling, Daryl. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, now I have to tell you, I'm so happy you know, with all the people who called. And it's wonderful. It's good people calling, good questions, good comments. So I, frankly, that's exactly what I <laughs> what I was hoping for. That's the kind of dialogues I want to have. And, and frankly, that's what I, I am prepared through my life experience and through my practice. I'm prepared to do not just to give lectures, uh, but uh, to deal with hands-on issues. Anyway, I am looking forward to your feedback. Please write to me. Uh, You have my uh, email address. Uh, And next week, I think I will be talking finally uh, uh, about the four last commandments. I believe that's what we'll do. But I already have a couple of very interesting people that I will be interviewing uh, at the end of November and mid-December. And two weeks from now, as I said, I will have again an open floor. And by the way, when we're talking next week about the commandments, you are still absolutely welcome to call. And for now, uh, once again, thank you for being with me today. I really hope you will be with us uh, next week and peace to all who want to live in peace till next week